life in three dimensions got me bent and got me twisted. I don't want to set a lot, but I should probably stop pretending. I don't really hold the key and I can't really push a button. I just step up to the mic and try my very best to bust it, but I ran out of breath. It's tight in my chest. My feet just might fail. I can't stand up. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Racially Speaking, where we have real and honest conversations about race as it's viewed through the lenses of faith, family, and vocation. As always, I'm your host, David Phipps. Also joining me, um, uh, Racially Speaking favorite as always, the Leith Alethea Lamerson, up bright and early from her new location in uh, Lakerland. Yep. All the way across the country. <laughs> LA. Leith, how you doing? I'm good. I got my coffee. So, you know, as long as I got my coffee, I'm good to go and uh, a little more energized this morning than probably most mornings because I get to hang out with you and talk about things that we both love and enjoy. So, doing, yes, doing yes. well. Absolutely. Um, but be real. Some of that inner energy has got to be coming from what I'm assuming is your new love for my Lakers being in L.A. <laughs> No, um, <clears throat> you know, I have said since LeBron uh, joined the Lakers, I've made it clear. I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm a LeBron fan. So therefore I cheer for the Lakers and being here. I mean, it's definitely like, I feel a little more connections like, Oh, I could just go to, I'm still calling it staples. I don't care that crypto bought it. They sold it. It's yeah. still staples to me. It's I can't do it. Name. It really is crypto.com. Like, no. Staples. Not even crypto, crypto.com. <laughs> yeah. Staples is not far from where I live. And so I feel this like ex- more like excitement. Um, and I want the Lakers to win. I'm, I'm the Lakers are going to beat Memphis. That's what I've said. So, um, but am I a Lakers fan? I don't want to, I don't want to put that stamp down yet. You know, mm, uh, I want to yeah. be clear. I'm a LeBron fan. I wasn't a Lakers fan before LeBron came. You know, so I, I, I can't, I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. Let me, let me just say that. So I try not to be okay, a bandwagon fan. Yeah. That's so honest. I try to be honest about it, but I do want the Lakers to win. <laughs> what are the odds you make it to a playoff game? Literally just thinking about it. Like, oh man, they're going to be back home soon. But the way those ticket prices are set up. <laughs> right. Shout <laughs> out, know. shout out to our friends, Ashley and Zach. I started texting Zach Bush, who they, they live in Memphis. And uh, when I saw, like, one day I was just like, hold on. They really might play Memphis, who are inexplicably in the West. Mm-hmm. But and I was like, I could, I could get to a playoff game with LeBron still in a Lakers jersey, which I still haven't seen. Um, so I, I started planning and scheming. But, man, we just had a newborn. It's eight-and-a-half-hour drive one way. I, I can't justify it. Still yeah. watching from home, yeah. but it yeah. was so tempting. I was like... I'm going to get a first round East coast playoff game, <laughs> my Lakers and LeBron. So anyway, maybe That's next tough. year. Yeah. We'll see. But LA, when you said you we went out to LA, I was like, Oh my gosh. What, what timing? Right. What time? Pretty nice. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> um, all right. Look, we're going to speaking of LeBron. This, this was is a seamless segue. We're here to talk basketball. Leith, we've been, um, I feel like throwing around the idea of doing, um, I mean, I feel like we always sprinkle in some basketball. Yeah. But have to. This is, that's what this episode is going to be about. Listeners, don't flip it off. If you're not a basketball person, we're, of course, going to dive into some um, more relevant topics with what we are regularly about here on the podcast. But 
you know, we were talking before we hit record, Leith. Hopefully this is, you know, a little more lighthearted. Or it will be a little more lighthearted, but yeah, just fun, some reprieve with just all the stuff that's currently going on that, you know, Leith, I like what you said before we hit record. If we only talk about the heavy, heaviest stuff all the time, we're not going to make it. And um, so it's just shout out to anyone who is feeling that way currently right now with uh, just all these different things happening um, that we, we do talk about here on uh, talk about on here routinely, but um, yeah, we wanted to give some time just to have a little bit of fun. We're coming off the heels of March madness, just ending men's and women's tournament. Um, And we're right in the thick of the beginning of the NBA playoffs um, this is how real we are, Leith. We, you know, originally we were going to do this tonight and then saw, oh, shoot, the Lakers game is, wow, we would have recorded. So I'm like, hey, can we do this during the day? Yeah. <laughs> playing, playing around with the time difference and we're making it work. So we're dedicated. Here we are. But yep. we're also dedicated to watching that game tonight. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, all right. But let, let's start here and then we'll kind of end on the NBA and kind of go in the the time order, I guess. But like I said, we just came off the end of the NCAA tournaments ending men's and women's. Um, I'm just going to say this. I am extremely new to watching women's basketball. Um, and I, I will, I'll give, I'll be all the way honest and just say, I think I might've gotten spoiled by tuning in this year. Like that tournament was, mm. I feel like it was especially amazing, but I'll say this like the fundamentals of the women's game from my perspective as a new newer viewer um consistently is just like night and day the type of basketball that's played is just it i don't know it doesn't touch the or the men's game doesn't touch it um Mm -hmm. i just enjoyed the the passing the i mean the shooting was nuts like i watched the Mm -hmm. final four games they don't miss. Like it was crazy. Again, I don't know if that's <laughs> always <laughs> happening, but I was like, these games are incredible. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you had um, LSU playing Virginia Tech, who's right down the road from where I'm at. Um, and then, of course, had um, I'm forgetting her name now, Caitlin Clark, mm-hmm. and Iowa playing. So many different storylines. Yeah. So, of course, I wanted to get your thoughts on what. <laughs> happened surrounding the eventual champions, LSU Tigers, mm-hmm. um, and Angel Reese playing, of course, Iowa, and then what I, who I guess I think was player of the year, right? I'm assuming mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark yep. out of Iowa. Just, you know, oh my gosh, insane. Both teams incredibly talented, both players who I just mentioned incredibly talented. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, in the midst of all that, it got overshadowed by some racial narratives, yep. right? I think that's fair to say, right? Mm-hmm. Leith, I got to hear, I wanted to hear, obviously your take on what happened. Quick, quick, quick summary. Throughout the final four, Caitlin Clark, a the player of the year, unstoppable, like Steph Curry, pulling up from half court range, had multiple 40 point games, um, white player for Iowa University. Incredible player, for sure, in my opinion, the best player on the floor at all mm-hmm. times. I think even, honestly, in the championship game, even though she didn't play that well statistically, mm-hmm. which we can get to. 
Um, her and talented team, but I just say objectively less talented than the LSU team who eventually won. And then Angel Reese, one of the best players again in the country. Different, uh, I don't mean the way we're going to talk about it, different style, different position, um, different yeah. strengths on the court. Um, and LSU Tigers, who are, I guess were a, uh, I think they were a two, three seed. Anyway, um, big heavyweight matchup there. And then leading, I think even leading up to that, of course, it blew up after the fact. Caitlin Clark is seen doing, um, you know, all these hand gestures that waving her hand in front of her face. Most people have seen that by now, like the, uh, you can't see me cause you know, cause she's, um, you know, so dominant. Um, and just, I'll say, you know, talking trash, mm-hmm. like the young kids say, wanting all the smoke and like looking mm-hmm. at the audience who's been chanting overrated. And then she puts up 40 on them. Like mm-hmm. all this, like, in my opinion, completely valid stuff you do <laughs> in sports. Loved it. Everyone mm-hmm. loved it. I said this is going to be a short summary. Fast forward. Angel Reese championship game who eventually wins. Um seeks out Caitlin Clark does the same hand gesture in front of her points to her hands, the ring finger, like they're going to get the championship ring. Um, and that blew up mm-hmm. as a disrespectful mocking over the top gesture by injuries to Caitlin Clark. Um, oh, I, I mean, I almost forgot Caitlin Clark is also seen in the final four, final four game against South Carolina, waving off somebody daring mm-hmm. them to shoot again, I thought was completely fine. Um, so that kind of motivated what Angel Reese did a little bit. Okay, all this, hopefully everyone's tracking. Belief, you can clean it up. But all this <laughs> happens, um, overshadowed what was, I think, was a fantastic, fantastic game and tournament mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the women's tournament. Twitter, the internet went nuts mm-hmm. over these antics to let, uh, you know, I don't think it was antics, but ended up being antics. Um, what were your thoughts? I'm going to say, I'm assuming you had thoughts before anything even happened, but like, what were your thoughts coming into watching that game? And then what transpired after all of that or in the midst of all of that? Yeah, I was excited um, for that championship. I had, um, I had picked Iowa to be there. Um, LSU, mm. I'll say this, this is, you know, people can, you know, people disagree on this because they're like, well, they won the title. That's fine. But objectively speaking, when you look at the the way the bracket was set up, um, you know, LSU had, um, I think, a bit of an easier run to the final, to the final four and to the championship, not negating their talent. And that's why I think for people who uh, don't watch basketball, who don't pay attention to the tournament year after year, you might be like, how could you say something like that? But if you've been paying attention throughout the year, you see the way the brackets are laid out. Typically the top seed, so South Carolina, they've got the easiest walk to the tournament, the final, right? Every every year, the number yeah. overall number one seed, they get put in mm-hmm. the easiest bracket. And then that's even sweeter when they get upset, right? So um, I did not have LSU in the final, but watching them play Elite Eight, I watched them all tournament, watching them play Elite Eight and then in the final four, I was excited. You have two very different teams. You got predominantly white Iowa against predominantly black LSU, two different coaches, 
Lisa Boulder at, at Iowa, been there for 23 years, has just won back-to-back Big Ten, you know, titles, regular season, uh, won the Big Ten tournament. She's finally in her first national championship game. And you got this legend, Kim Mulkey, who in her second year with a team of, I think, nine transfers, they're in the championship game. That's a story right there. Okay. Crazy. Um, and so there was, a, for me, there was a lot of excitement of, I had been watching both teams throughout the season, two very different styles of play. Um, and I was, I was curious, how is this matchup going to go? Uh, LSU is going to have, or I was going to have to play LSU differently than they played South Carolina because LSU is more talented on the perimeter than South Carolina is. The way I would defend South Carolina was a perfect game plan. Beat me from the outside because mm-hmm. you're not a good three point shooting team. And it works. That's what a game plan is called. Right. Um, and LSU has shooters. They can shoot from the outside. So what do you do when you've got shooters and you have bigs, especially someone like Angel Reese, who can take you off the bounce and post you up? So I was excited for the matchup. Um, how the game unfolded was wild, right? Um, we never want a game. We never want the officiating in a game, especially a national championship game, to be a topic of oh conversation. Oh, my gosh. I almost and forgot about that. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Oh all, my of, all of the things we've been talking about, people forgot how poor the officiating was. Um, people will say, well, there, weren't, there, was, there was a few less fouls in that game than the game before. It, it's not about how many fouls were called. It's yeah. the type of fouls that were called and who the fouls were called on. So you have a very different first half because of that. But then you have a cool story of the, you know, the guard coming off the bench, you know, dropping like 20 in the first half. I mean, the, she was yeah. banking in threes. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. You know? Um, and you have Caitlin out of rhythm because she got in foul trouble. And so the way the game unfolded, there was all this hype, all this energy, all this excitement. And um, yeah, it did not unfold the way that I think a lot of us hoped it would in some ways because of the foul situation, because when you're in foul trouble, you play differently. And I was forced to play differently. Caitlin was forced to play differently because of that. So um, anyways, you have this run, you know, I was trying to chip away at that huge lead that LSU had, I think got it down to like seven, but could never get over, over the hump there. Um, And yeah, and how it ended. um, And I'll say this, I, there's some bias coming into me watching this game. One, I'm a big 10 fan. I have been my whole life. I'm an Ohio state fan. So when the, when the tournament comes around, both women's and men's, I am rooting for the big 10. It's great for the conference. So I wanted Iowa to win. Also, okay. I'm not a Kim Mulkey fan. I haven't been for a long time. I respect LSU's coach. She, LSU's coach. I respect what she has done from a basketball perspective, multiple titles at Baylor, comes to LSU second year in the national championship game. I respect that. There are things that I don't appreciate about her on and off the court. So let me just lay that down with why with, with, with my uh, perspective. Like you yeah. care to elaborate? Um, I don't like her antics. Um, you mm. know, people are, say she's passionate. Yeah. And I respect passion. I'm a passionate person. Um, but when you are doing some of the things that she did in the national championship game and you don't get teed up, Kim Mulkey should have been teed up at least one time for her stomping on the court, coming at the officials, ripping her jacket off. It's part of her MO. Mm. She's that's her in general. But okay. Any other coach would get teed up for doing that. She didn't get one T. I literally watched a clip where the ref pulled her back because she was in the ref's ear while the play was happening, yelling. And the ref just pulled her back and kept it pushing. She should have been teed up for that. 
So I just, and again, this was prior to LSU. I didn't enjoy that at Baylor. Like she didn't change anything getting to LSU, but she is who she is. And so I am just not um, a fan of it. And I have heard things about her care for players off the court, both at Baylor and um, I have friends who are in the SEC. So, you know, there's just some of that just from a character standpoint that I personally am not a fan of. It doesn't make I was going to fill in some gaps for people that might not be tracking. So Kim Mulkey coached at Baylor. She won a couple championships. Is that correct? Yep. LSU has only been there two years. Already won another one. Yep. And she's, um, you know, listeners, if you didn't watch or if you did watch the game, you know, she's always wearing something extremely flashy. She's very demonstrative um, coach, which I I didn't notice the things about like, I, I don't remember watching and thinking, oh, she should be teed up mm. but like i said not having watched much of the women's college women's game that that's you know interesting to know because that informs a little bit about what i thought about her post game but keep, keep yeah going. yeah and her she's interesting in that these are the, the little things that if people have been watching or paying attention you don't even think about but even how she was asked about some stuff in the post game listen to the way that she answers she doesn't actually give a clear answer she's very i'll give you summary but i'm not gonna say this about this player or this about the situation and she she's been like that in the past too so anyways i don't want to that's not a major storyline but for me watching the game i'm aware of some of my bias and i wanted iowa to win and so you know i see that the game's about to end i'm like yeah lsu i mean alexis morris had a crazy fourth quarter you know, and just seal the deal, which is what seniors do. Um, and as a point guard, I respected it and loved it. Right. You, you put the team on your back. You, you just, you do what you got to do. So the game is ending and I actually turned it off. I haven't told anybody this. I turned off the game before all the antics before angel did her, you know, taunting to Caitlin Clark. Mm. I saw it on Instagram after, uh, pretty quickly. I don't have Twitter anymore. Twitter, um, is not a, it's not a healthy place for me to be. So I deactivated my account but I catch things on Instagram quite a bit and I saw it. And I, I just said, I just kind of chuckled because Caitlin's been, Caitlin's been doing an all tournament, not just the final four. So Caitlin plays like that. She did it in the bit during the big 10 tournament. Like that's just how she plays. She will, she will hit big shots. She will talk trash. She'll do these little things. She'll amp up the crowd and it. That's just what she does. Now, do people care for that? Some people don't. Some people say you don't need to do that. That's fine. Everyone has their own, opinion about how one should carry themselves and whether you should talk trash or not, whether you should egg on the crowd or not. Okay. We can debate all day long about what's quote right or wrong. It's all about our definition of what right and wrong is. Okay. So Caitlin in the elite eight game, a clip went viral. No one was talking about this. They're playing Louisville. Louisville's down 15 in the fourth quarter, the clip where they zoomed in on Caitlin. She looks at Haley Van Lith, Haley Van Lith point guard or guard at Louisville. She's in the transfer portal now. One of the best in the country. She trained with Kobe like a few years back. Like she Mm -hmm. can hoop. Caitlin Clark looks at her and says, you're down by 15. Shut up. Right. And they end up beating them. Right. So Caitlin's been talking trash. So if you play sports and in particular, if you play basketball, you know, if you talk trash, you've got to be prepared for it to come back at you. And it's going to come back at you a thousand times harder than what you're putting out. Anybody knows that yep. I talk trash a little bit when I used to play and I knew, man, I might be having a bad game and that's going to come back mm-hmm. on me. Okay. You got to be prepared for that. So angel 
doing the like, you can't see me pointing at a ring finger. For me, I'm like, okay, do you need to keep doing it? No, but if that's what you feel that you need to do, whatever. I personally, okay, this is my personal opinion. I personally don't think it's necessary to keep doing it. And what actually bothered me, which no one I feel like has talked about, for me, it wasn't what happened at the end of the game. Like the game ends, she's doing all that. For me, what bothered me about what Angel was doing was all her antics after the game. Like people weren't talking about all the post-game stuff, right? Uh, where she is on her live still, like literally calling out Caitlin and talking about, I do the disrespecting, mm. you, you know, I don't get disrespected. So for okay. me, I'm like, there is some immaturity for Angel. This is an unpopular opinion, okay? Um, but for me, come back to your question, David. At the end of the game, Angel doing that back to Caitlin, I'm like, that's what, that's what happens in the sport. If you talk trash, it's going to come back at you. The extremeness in which you do it. For me, I'm like, you just won a national championship. Like, I would hope you would be more, more concerned about celebrating with your team than like tracking down a player and like continuing to wave your hand in her face. Do I think it was necessary? Absolutely not. Do mm-hmm. I think she should have gotten the, uh, the vitriol and the um, derogatory language into her? Absolutely not. You mm-hmm. don't have to like it. You don't have to dehumanize her in the process. Yeah. That was great. Do you feel like, so, so the racial element, mm. do you feel like there is not, we'll get to double standard, but um, trying to think of how to ask this part. I, I agree. So like, I agree with the perspective of what you said with, like, I don't, I don't like when people make false comparisons. Like I, I do think what Angel Reese did was a little, yeah, your words like lacked a little bit of maturity and mm-hmm. what she did. And then like in the same way she did the face thing and what Caitlin Clark did, I, like, I don't think was completely the same. Like, I don't mm-hmm. I actually don't think it's helpful when people say, look, one, like yep. white girl did this, black girl did this racist. Like mm-hmm. I, I, now everyone listens and anyone knows me knows that I'm going to go, go there, but I'm not going to go there just to like mm-hmm. go there. Like I do think they were different degrees, but that doesn't mean the criticism is fair or that it would have been the same had it been turned around. And I know people mm-hmm. can be like, well, how, how do you know that? Yeah. That is, I'm not going to try and plead my case um, right now, but I think it's just, uh, you can look at, athletes that we like to elevate and you know along racial lines it's just it's just it's fact like certain players get passes a lot of times Mm -hmm. um along racial lines white players are elevated for having and caitlin clark an example um elevated for having that mentality so that that's the point that i was trying to point out to to anybody that want that was wanting to talk about it of like well yeah like what angel reese did she went made sure she got in her face, did it several times. You said did even more stuff post-game. You know, lacked a little bit of maturity, but do I think like they were both equal? No, but the criticism, like you said, I think was um, obviously, obviously completely unfair. These, these, they're kids. These are kids. Mm -hmm. And we're the stuff that I saw being said about her was just, you know, um, 
horrific, like terrible. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about kids, which I think people forget once they're on TV playing mm-hmm. in front of, you know, a national stage, which, yeah, it could be problematic as well. But um, I, I think that there's like a, do you, from your perspective as a, you know, college athlete, a black woman, black player, do you see, like, do you empathize with the other perspective of Angel Reese's whole thing is like just wanting to be free to do whatever she wants and be free mm-hmm. to be completely herself. And I know we just talked about lacking maturity potentially in some ways, but I did, I, I felt like she didn't and the entire LSU team don't have the luxury of people understanding their story. And what I mean is like, I feel like Angel Reese had been fighting that stereotype and being called, you mm-hmm. know, all these different things to hood. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the whole team like had that, I think mm-hmm. perspective of like, um, yeah, just these loud black women that mm-hmm. like to play a certain showy, flashy way. Oh, case in point, look what Angel Reese is doing. Mm-hmm. And she was even had ties to the girl that was um, left wide open on South Carolina. You know, Angel Reese, I think that was some of her motivation for going after Caitlin mm-hmm. Clark. All, all that, you know, nerd basketball nerd stuff that like mm-hmm. only someone like, me you would have picked up on it's fine i don't expect everyone to know that but the unfortunate part is like people are just going to see what she did and then not understand any context so to me when then i see angel reese saying f it i don't really care what anyone Mm -hmm. thinks because it's not going to matter because they're always going to label me as this i'm going to do whatever i want Mm -hmm. hence the ig live and all that kind of stuff sure could there be some immaturity yeah but also I'm, it, it's hard not to also lean for me on that side of like, you know, like what I can't blame her in, mm-hmm. in a lot of regard. And then also say like, this is why these ignorant perspectives are bad for everybody because mm-hmm. then we're needlessly villainizing Caitlin Clark when she did nothing wrong either. Like, I don't like she, Mm -hmm. she's getting compared like, Oh, she gets the benefit of the doubts. Like she didn't do anything. Like we actually loved Mm -hmm. what she did, but we have to talk about it in order to defend an angel Reese. Like Mm -hmm. I had no problem with anything. Caitlin Clark did still don't. Mm -hmm. Um, I had nothing. And then I I think she answered everything post game and like interviews like, well, as Mm -hmm. well. She's like, like, no, there's no, like she was extremely classy. Cause one thing she said when she was like, I, uh, you know, I never, I couldn't really see her. I was just trying to get back to my teammates. One, I was like, absolutely not. Like very classy for you to leave it on the court. But I'm like, like a thousand percent, you saw her. Like she made sure you mm-hmm. saw her. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought that was hilarious. She's like, I couldn't even see her. I was like, um, no, no chance. Mm-hmm. My perspective leading into the game and like in the middle of it though, even before the antics happened though, I, I just, I could sense the tension rising with everyone wanting Caitlin Clark to win. And then like the casual viewer like me, who's new to it. And I could just see it coming before me. And I was watching it. My wife actually watched with me as well. When she did that, I think, uh, yeah, my uh, Caitlin was just like, how do you think people are going to like react to that? I'm like thousand percent. Like I'm like, Mm -hmm. Twitter is gonna like, is gonna break the internet over this and it sucks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unfortunately that's what happened, but, Yes, I rambled a little bit, 
on that. Do you think, so like we reached, I'm reaching back a long time ago. We did something on double standards Mm -hmm. with um, female athletes and male athletes even. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, it'd be worth going there a little bit here. Do you think like Mm -hmm. overall, so like women's game, the men's game, that there is with this conversation, we're having a double standard in how we view um, female athletes and how they are able to express themselves. A thousand percent. Yes. (laughs) okay um i was so frustrated after hours after the game the next day what the conversation is about obviously there are things that had to be addressed because of the racial dynamics that were at play and the gender dynamics that's where especially in sport race and race and gender are inextricably intertwined you can't just say we're just talking about basketball because we're hardly ever just talking about basketball okay Mm -hmm. um and so i was like that I, I said that I even shared on Instagram. I said, you guys, we're, we're talking, we're spending so much time talking about someone throwing back in the face of a player who did, who did her little hand in her front of her face. That's the convert topic of conversation. I don't ever hear that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've been watching basketball for a long time. We're sticking to basketball. I've been watching basketball for a long time. I don't, I can't recall a time in the men's game where a player was trash talking someone else or, Allen Iverson stepping over Tyron Liu when he was on the ground, if he hit a shot in his face or a player crossing someone over or dunking on someone and staring them down and people being like, Oh my gosh, I was so disrespectful. He's a terrible person. <laughs> I can't believe that. Like saying, dropping all these cuss words on Twitter about their character mm-hmm. and their, I don't recall any of that, but that's what happened to angel mm-hmm. for doing something that Caitlin's been doing all tournament. Right. Again, you don't have to agree with the degree to which she did it. Um, we can say like, yeah, I don't think it was necessary to continue it on the way that she did. Um, but for that to become the topic of conversation, you don't see that. You don't see that with the men's game. For the men, it's oh, it's part of the game. Like you talk trash, or like, yeah, you did something, so yeah, it's part of it. Like, yeah, I dumped on you. I'll stare you down. They got a T. Mm-hmm. Oh, no problem. That's fine. Whatever. The refs are tripping. Like they got a technical. No big deal keep it pushing. That's just part of the game. It makes me think of if you've ever watched love and basketball, it's my favorite movie, mm. partly because, uh, when it came out, uh, I was compared to Monica. Uh, I was in middle school, I was in eighth grade. And I even, uh, for a long time had a birthmark on my face on the same side that she had the scar on her face. If you've uh, seen the movie. Uh, yeah. And so anyways, but in the movie early on, uh, you know, there Monica's playing, she blocks this shot and stares on the girl ref teaser up she gets taken out of the game and then she gets home and her parents are you know her mom's like ragging on her and she goes off and essentially saying like if the dudes do that it's fine like they're just ball players but i'm so i'm told to act like a lady i'm not supposed to do that i'm a ball player it's part of the game and mm-hmm. so i've even thought of that clip which because it's so true and it's been like that for so long and so the short end of the answer is yes there are massive discrepancies. There's such a double standard. In this case, we'll talk about basketball between the men's and women's game. And um, you saw that play out in what happened with between LSU and Iowa, even to the point of the literally the topics of headlines would be Caitlin Clark versus Angel Reese. Right. Now it became even you didn't see that. You don't you didn't see that with any player being like this player versus this, this player because they did something. So now the topic, you now are pitting these two players against each other for this conversation that y'all have made an issue. 
And people don't see the problem with that. And so there's a massive double standard there. And again, we get into the racial dynamics that are at play. We get into the gender dynamics that are at play and the way that, in this case, how Black women in society are treated differently. And then you throw it into the context of the sport. And there's history for that. So I'm going to go back to, this was in 2007. Um, Rutgers women's basketball had a squad in the early 2000s. They had a squad. Um, Epiphany Prince, uh, I'm blanking on one players right now. I can see her face. Uh, they had a po- like they had a squad and they were tough in the big East. Okay. Vivian Stringer coach, yeah. like they had a squad physical. These girls could hoop. Don Imus, he was a popular radio host at the time. I was, I was thinking about this. Yeah. Yeah. And this is historic, right? It's like, you can't yeah. talk about this current conversation without the reference points. And so this has been a case for black black women in basketball being talked about by the way they carry themselves, by their style of play, by the way they dress that you, you don't ever hear white players being talked about in that way. So Don Imus on his radio show makes a reference to the records women's basketball team. He talked about their appearance or tattoos and he called them nappy headed hoes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that type of tenor and tone was them of the same stuff being played out on social media about Angel Reese and about yes. LSU basketball. Yeah. So it's not just like you just don't like them or you just, you, it, it, it's, it's not that easy. It's not that isolated. It's not that uh, this was just this instance. This is historic. And so you have that also factoring into the double standard that was at play with the way that the men's game is talked about, the way the men's game is viewed, and the way the women's game is talked about, the way the women's game is viewed. That's happening all at the same time. And that was, it's so frustrating that that's been the conversation now and not so much of the goodness of what we saw play out in the tournament. But in yeah. the end, by two phenomenal players who should be highlighted. If, if the, the, the thing shouldn't be Angel Reese versus Caitlin Clark. What it should have been was, LSU just won our first title in women's basketball history. Second year, you know, head coach, nine transfers. Angel Reese broke the NCAA record for double-doubles, 34 double-doubles in a season. You know how hard that is to do? Mm. To have that many double-doubles when you played 36 games? 34 of them, you had a double-double. Nuts. Okay? So, no one's talking about that. No one's talking about almost 10 million people viewing the national championship game, which has the highest ratings. No one's talking about that. Not talking about Caitlin Clark set a record for most threes in the final game. And she didn't have one of her best games and she still dropped the 30 piece. She had back to back point games in the tournament. Yeah. She scored the most points in the NCAA tournament in history, men's and women's. No one's talking about that. Like Which that's on that, that should be highlighting. Yeah. You know, like Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, let's talk about those things. Let's yes, you need to you can address character, you can address maturity, you can address whether or not someone should be trash talking or not. Okay, that's a preference more than and more than anything for the most part, right? Again, I think there's varying degrees of immaturity, but again, they're also 20 years old, uh-huh. 21 years old. Yeah. How many of us are? Uh, let's all go back to when we were 20, 21 years old, 22. Were we not immature? We were, but mm. and we didn't have a national spotlight on us. We weren't the top NIL athlete in the whole country. Angel Reese is. Yeah we didn't have any of those things and we were still immature as crap. Right. Like, so they're they're to your point, like they're kids, like we're not even creating space for us to be able to have some of the nuance of the conversation. And so anyways, that's a long answer to your question, but all of that is to me, 
when you talk about the double standard, it's so layered. It's not simply, yeah, the women are treated differently than men. Here's why. And then you just go down the line. (laughs) I think about the, um, one of the biggest narratives, like with, with the men's game, like NBA, I mean, what do we hear nowadays all the time? Like we're too, like the NBA is too soft. Like the game's too soft. Like let's let them talk trash or like, let's take us back to the days of like the bad boys where you could close line Mm -hmm. people and stuff like that. So like we we want that. We're like, oh, you know, the guys are too soft. Like they can't handle anything. Mm-hmm. They would they would have gotten, you know, punked back in the day. Yep. But you know, then the women's game has their moment, like a few games mm-hmm. in front of like the big stage. And we're like, oh, you know, like you said, too, a little too much. You know, mm-hmm. I can't too much trash talking. Uh need to be more ladylike. That feels icky to even say, but that's that's what mm-hmm. the backdrop is of like, yeah. you know, a little too um demonstrative or mm-hmm. you know expressive for um viewers so yeah that that's the first double standard comes to my mind i'm like oh, i thought yeah. we wanted there to be uh heat and smoke like i thought you know we right. wanted exactly. this this you know hard hard type of play but just from the men or you know what's going on here so precisely i literally said that wholeheartedly my, like, agree instagram rant i was like the men will throw hands and y'all won't say nothing yeah They'll be like, oh, oh they yeah. got suspended. Dang, that's tough. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess you should get suspended for throwing a punch. But all right, next topic of conversation. Like, that's the way it's treated. But yeah. too much trash talking? Come on Absolutely. now. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, Come on. All right, last thing on this. Did you, uh, did you have an issue with um, First Lady inviting? <laughs> oh, my I can't gosh. even say it. Inviting both teams. <laughs> to the white house. So for, for those of you listening, um, you know, typically I guess all the major sports, I guess, um, including college, the championship winners typically get invited to go meet the president and go to the white house. That obviously would be LSU's right. Um, just mm-hmm. innate invitation, um, for being the champions. But first lady, Dr. Jill Biden was at the game and people knew that they showed her several times. Um, after in the aftermath of all of these antics we're discussing said you know uh, what's everyone played a good game let's just invite both teams so what was your reaction to that leith i said are you kidding me mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my initial reaction like it's already it's already hot right the the conversation all these other things and like now you've just thrown gas on the fire like right ma'am are you serious? Now I was talking to someone about this recently, one of my friends, and he said, can we hold space for, let's remove ourselves from all the intensity of the conversation. Let's just hear what, hear what Joe Biden said, right? Like, um, you, there, there can be some appreciation for her admiration for the teams and their play and how exciting the tournament was. Right. And that's her, her, her juice for saying, let's invite both of them you want to honor and recognize two incredible teams. Okay. Now let's put you back into history narratives, all the things you can't say that you, right. you, you can't do that because at no point now I'm sure there's probably times where former presidents or former first ladies were probably like behind closed doors. Like, Oh, we should, that would be cool if both were here. Like that was an incredible game. We should honor both. I don't think that's the first time so, uh, someone in the White House has said said that. I could be wrong, but I, that's my assumption. No one's mm. ever publicly said it. 
So it's a it's a miss in in Joe Biden's understanding of all the narratives that are at play to just make this really kind gesture of like the game was so exciting and when she said like I was around when Title IX was enacted and like mm-hmm. how, look how far the women's game has come I appreciate all of that you can't there's so many reasons why you can't say we should invite both teams and what she did in making a statement like that because of what was already happening was you added so much fuel to the fire around the racial disparities and narratives that was at play. And I'm sorry, this is just me. If you lost, you don't get an invite to the white house. Yeah. If you want to honor the team, Jill head over to Iowa, go to university of Iowa, kick it with them. And that's cool. You don't invite them to the white house. The champions get invited to the white house. That is historic. You can look it up across the board. If you won a national championship or whatever sport you're in. Yeah. Idol, you go to the White House if you want to. You get the invite yeah. and you say yes or no. And so I had so many issues with her saying that. And then now the White House is having to backtrack. And it's like, you can't really take that back because you clearly did not understand the context with which you were saying it. So it's I hope that Joe Biden has learned from this was a a kind gesture, like. Yeah. Again, my, my heart was in the right place. My intention was good. Again, we can get into intention versus impact. Which we love the hearing impact, that. Yeah. The impact <clears throat> of you saying that was so problematic and carried so much weight. And so also, why are you in the people who lost don't get invited to the White House? I think aside from all the other things at play, I was like, since when do we do that? Like, it takes away from the champion's experience of getting invited to the white house to be honored for this incredible season you had to the point where you've won your sports highest honor in, in, in college, right. In this case, like it takes whoever's invited, it takes away from the fact that like the champions are honored in this way. It just bled so much ignorance. And like you said, it was a kind gesture, but that's why it's a lose, lose when stuff like that's done. It, It was like the, the same thing when, you know, when there is a racial incident and someone who doesn't understand what is going on, but has authority and power mm-hmm. has the freedom to be able to be like, guys, let's just, let's just get along. Mm-hmm. It's just a similar sentiment. So many things we've talked about on here in the past yeah. of, well, even, you know, it's might be dramatic, but like, even when Bible verses are taken out of context, well, mm-hmm. you know, the gospel's for everybody. So let's just get along. It's like, well, that's the side step in the point here. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so problematic when like, you know, a pastor says that or something, when something real is going on. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, just, it, it bled, it reeked of just ignorance. And I was just like, oh gosh, like I wasn't concerned in a way of like, I mean, of course LSU was like, they were never going to go if that was going to happen. And then Caitlin mm-hmm. Clark with a lot of class was like, that's, we're not going either. Like that mm-hmm. is for LSU. They won. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I also chuckle now because I'm like, the level of ignorance is so big. So I'm like, that that couldn't have happened. Like, what would that would have looked so unbelievably mm-hmm. awkward? Like, uh, and Joe Biden has history. Teams show up, like, oh my god, that's the thing. And you've been, she's been in the White House, right? Like, Biden was true. the vice president to Obama, yeah, true. And so, sis, you've been around. And what in in those eight years, what yeah. runner up was invited? Come on. So many teams. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Imagine LeBron, LeBron and standing with the Warriors. Uh, right. With, 
It was a great game. 2017, yeah. And the Warriors and the Cavs. Like, huh? Yeah, wait, what? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, It was so Anyway. Yeah, that that was unfortunate and a little bit funny, if I'm I'm being all the way honest. Um, All right, speaking of... Again, NBA. Let, let let's switch gears a little bit to the mm-hmm. men's game. Um, we are in the beginning stages of that's a weird way to put it. Playoffs have kicked off. We are <laughs> it's round one. Leith here in LA. Um I'm jealous, but I guess they're playing in Memphis tonight, which is a little closer to where I'm at. But anyway, my Lakers are playing, LeBron's playing, 38 years young. I don't care what anyone says. Still the face of the league. Still his right now. Um, I still say, gotta say top five in the league still right now. I, I'm, that's where I stand on that. Anyway, there's a lot of narratives that I think, and we're not going to exhaust hardly any of them. But I want to ask you about this. I'm not asking this, I don't think, on a, on a podcast. But I think there are similar things what we're already discussing here about the men's and women's game that I'd love to hear your take on as a, Ohio person, a LeBron person, and a you know basketball person. Um, there are similar inconsistent narratives, I think. So I'm going to give a hot take, and and Ooh. people that people that know me, um, who are both you know basketball fans, and then also just know what I'm about with the in the justice space. Um, I've I've upset a lot of people by saying this, but I I got to just be honest. I'm one of the I'd say rare fans of the game and in the Christian community, especially who roots wholeheartedly against the Warriors and Steph Curry. I cannot. (laughs) And my guy from high school, like played with them. Like I cannot, I I can't do it. Yes. I'm a Lakers fan. So that's obvious, but I, um, basketball, I've been a fan for so long. It means too much to me. I, I'm like the least fun person probably to watch basketball with. Cause like, I have a lot of trouble watching basketball with people who I know are going to say either mm. one insensitive things, but also just things that are just like you, you like this because of nothing has to do with basketball. You like you, yep. you are, are hearing that people are saying that Steph Curry is a family man or like he's yeah. Uh, he plays the game quote unquote the right way. Or like mm. she, I don't know all these different things that are just triggering for me. Cause I'm like, you're you don't even watch you don't even watch you just you hear yeah so anyway it's one of those like kind of like with the Caitlin Clark situation I'm like I got nothing zero nothing bad to say about Steph in general like amazing dude like I like I literally know some like people that know him and like know what amazing guy is so I got nothing bad to say about him but this is I think been a little less um prevalent but in the heart of the Warriors, Cavs, LeBron, Steph battles, um, I guess dating back to 2015 through whatever, mm-hmm. 2020, it felt like 10 years. <laughs> I just, I could not unsee how the specifically those two players who have gone back and forth with the league be, with being the faces of the league, I feel like over the last five to 10 years, um, were portrayed differently and how they conducted themselves. And I could not just unhear, unsee people's uh loose takes on things like um arrogance uh playing quote unquote the right way um philanthropy 
um, attitude, what they're about, um, being family men, um, I don't know, married, faithful husband, stuff like that. Um, and I, I really, maybe this is, you know, we're throwing on maturity. Maybe it's a lack of maturity in me. I don't know, but I could not unsee it. It, uh, quite frankly, would like piss me off when I'd be, well, I just be want to watch a basketball game. And all they do is zoom in on the Curry family and they just consistently mm. talk about what like an amazing nuclear family they are and like all this stuff. And I'm like, that's great. Like, I, can I see the game? And, or can we also talk about now they do because it's for different reasons, but, yeah. or, I mean, I, okay. Can we go ahead and talk about uh, LeBron and his family? He's a family mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. but no one talks about that. And that's fine. I don't really, that's neither here nor there, but, all this, all this uh, elevation of a player like Steph for all these reasons that just were like, why, why is this happening? I think I can fill in the gaps of why this is happening. Um, of course, now we only talk about LeBron and his family because of you know his his kids and where they're headed mm-hmm. and whatnot. All right, all that to say, do you agree that there is like within even just the NBA and the men's game like inconsistencies? I've touched on you know. I, I said touched on, you know, colorism and even some of the same themes that we've discussed with the women's game. Do you see that in the NBA currently, you know, as, like literally currently as um, we're sitting in the middle of the playoffs right now? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I see it to the degree that you might see it, um, but I mm-hmm. definitely see and I think there are varying reasons for it. Obviously, the if we're talking about in this case about LeBron and Steph, Um, I think part of what is fueled by that is, um, people just don't like LeBron and they haven't, they, a lot of people had their moment of not liking LeBron when he did the decision, when he made, he did his, his, the the decision that was for, in my opinion, that was a turning point for a number of people who are like, screw LeBron and everything he's about. I don't even Mm -hmm. like him anymore because Mm -hmm. why do you need to do that? Blah, blah, blah. Again, we can have our differences. About yeah, I was like LeBron. This is necessary. You're yeah. raising money. You're raising money for Boys and Girls Club. I respect that. You can do that without doing a whole television broadcast about where you're going to play next season. Just yeah. you have a lot of money. Just send it. Like that objectively was not good. It wasn't. But that was for me. That was a moment of people saying I don't like LeBron, and so that has followed him in all the stuff that they've done. So for people, when he came back to Cleveland and then he wins a championship. People aren't able to see how amazing that was because they just are like, I don't like LeBron. And so then it's like, who can I pit against him? Okay, I can pit the Warriors against him. I can pit Steph against him because Steph hasn't left the team. You know, Steph carries himself a different way. He doesn't do all these other things. Now, here's what's interesting to me about the conversation over the last, let's say, five years between about LeBron and Steph. Steph be talking trash. Steph Thank you. Be doing stuff. Thank you. And no one says it. I've had moments. Now I'm used to it, but I feel like early on I was like, oh, that's different from Steph. Like, oh, okay. I did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's throwing his mouthpiece. He's been teed up multiple times, rejected. Can, can okay. Can, can you imagine what would happen to LeBron if he threw a mouthpiece and hit a fan? Yeah. It, he it would, would be, be like, <laughs> they would. We're talking about Angel Reese. I mean, yeah. People would be calling for him to be suspended for 
20 yep. games. Yep. They'd yep. be like, so are, oh, the fan, yeah. the fans, you know, in the ER trying to get looked at. And I mean, it would be insane. And like Steph's done that like three times. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not saying like suspend Steph. I'm just saying like, come on. And like, yeah. I've heard so many people talk about the arrogance of LeBron with whatever his celebrations, his backbreaking thing and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. isn't Steph, is Steph not known for like his shimmy and like yeah. the, the, what are the turnaround three, like mm-hmm. all this stuff. I'm like, which I, yep. is fantastic like i love yeah. it it's so cold-blooded to do that mm-hmm. but i'm like where what am i missing here like what is yeah how is somebody arrogant and someone is again like i want to play with that guy like he's mm-hmm. a good uh, a, a good guy or whatnot yeah. anyway it, 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 and i think again at the end of the day it's people's personal opinions and that fuels the conversation so the chatter on twitter and on other social media and then you get all the you know ESPN shows first take all the things and everyone's putting their opinion into the narrative. And so, but for me, I think what underlies it is people just don't like LeBron. And so they will nitpick any and everything that he does. And because LeBron's in the conversation around the, with the goat conversation, Steph is not in that conversation. So because Mm -hmm. of that, the intensity of what comes at LeBron, the, the scrutiny that he takes is heightened because you have people that hate that LeBron is in the conversation around the greatest of all time. People mm-hmm. hate that. People are like, why are we even oh, talking yeah. about it? It's Jordan. Oh, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. So you have all of that factoring in. Steph is not a part of that. Steph has his own things that he's done, right? Like it, it, the threes record, multiple championships, all these things, right? So all of that, it feel that feels better for people. Here's what I've never, what I, what I has bothered me and to some extent about the conversation around LeBron is you don't have to like him. You don't have to like the decision. You don't have to like that he went to Miami, that he came back to Cleveland, that he went to LA. You don't have to like it. Okay, whatever. Let's look at some of the other things though. The man broke the scoring record that everyone thought was untouchable and he's still got a few years in the tank. So, Mm. but y'all feel some type of way about that. What LeBron has done off the floor, I'm like, this man does not get enough coverage around what he has done in Akron with the I promise fool. It does not get enough attention. It is wild to me. Um, When you want to talk about stories, I mean, this kid, a kid, 18 years old, coming out of high school, deemed the chosen one, signs a $90 million shoe deal with Nike before he's ever played an NBA game, raised by a single mother in act. Like the story is for a lot of people, it's like yeah. so incredible. It's so remarkable. It's so he's overcome so much that just gets thrown to the wayside now because you don't like that. He did a, he did a show to say where he was going to go, or you don't like that. He's bounced around from team to team. Again, you don't have to like it. Like, okay, I get it. LeBron going to Miami changed the face of like the superstar team. Right. I get, I, okay. There's even conversation around that. Like, was it really LeBron? I don't mm-hmm. know. Boston, but okay. 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 So anyways, I think again, it's, don't it's tell people's, me. <laughs> people's opinions around what they like and don't like quote what's right or wrong. And so LeBron is going to take more intense scrutiny because of that, which I don't think is fair to him. Um, and I, you know, I, and again, I, you can hear some of my, people will say I'm biased. I am a LeBron fan. I've been a LeBron fan since he was in high school. He's two years older than me. So I grew up 
just south of Columbus, LeBron uh, just outside of Cleveland. Um, I went to the, where I played under, when I went to undergrad, where I played basketball is 30 minutes from Akron. So I am well aware. So I've been a LeBron fan from jump. I actually have yeah. the book they wrote about him. Uh, the LeBron James story, I think is the title. I've had that since I think I was a senior in high school or something. So um, I'm, I'm a fan of him with, with saying like, I don't, I don't like that. He did his the stupid decision or, um, you don't like it for the proper reason. Like that was like, yeah, I mean, or people you're don't Ohio. Like, that's deeply personal. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Or people don't like that. You know, he will say that he feels like he's, he's the goat. Here's what's interesting about that. Again, you don't have to like it. How many times there's a conversation where players ask something and they say, I'm the best player. Am I yeah. going to sit here and say like, so-and-so is better than me. That that's a trend like that. That's not just the LeBron and the goat conversation. So I feel like, all of those things get thrown on the wayside because people don't like LeBron at the end of the day. He did a Space Jam too. I can't believe that LeBron would do a Space Jam too. That's a Michael Jordan thing. Like you have all these little things that people just don't like. And then they throw yeah. that into the conversation. And then the narratives now become wildly different when they shouldn't be. But that's also, that's also the case in sports. I, I think when I think about the way conversations happen, the way the media portrays certain things, you you see some of these unnecessary tangents that people go on that really distract from what what should we actually be talking about? What should we actually be admiring? What should we actually be highlighting? Just because y'all don't like this man, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to agree with the, some of those. So things, much, but... <laughs> yeah. So, so much. I mean, you said like thirty different things that I've had uh, extensive text and in person conversations with friends who are probably like david will you ever stop <laughs> and people that know me the answer is no no but but two so i'll just so one thing uh, that i love to say on here is so i'll leave like the 29 other things but it's like the uh man what do you i mean what are your thoughts on loyalty because i feel like i'm just gonna paint with a broad brush for a second i think people don't like the brand yes sure the decision i hated the decision as much as anybody too mm-hmm. but i think that he completely redeemed himself by going back to Cleveland. And I ask you about loyalty. Cause what do you think? Like, I think loyalty in the, in the NBA and professional sports is a stupid thing to talk about a lot of mm-hmm. times because no one like I, people that stay there, there's an element of loyalty. I do think that's possible, mm-hmm. but the people that are, that stay the whole time in one place doesn't mean they're loyal. It means yeah. things worked out or they just have different priorities. That's not, yep. Like yep. like Bradley Beal staying in DC for over two hundred million dollar contract like that that's two hundred million reasons <laughs> to stay like and he's say and he's he can say what he wants he I mean you're always gonna yeah. think at that level you you can win but like, they're not gonna win they're no. they're, they're never gonna win and he's fine like that's him saying I'd rather have stability maybe for my mm-hmm. family and I'm gonna stay in mm-hmm. DC I'm not that's not loyalty like it's rich mm-hmm. billionaires paying him there's nothing that's mm-hmm. tying him like come on and mm-hmm. then like. Uh, Steph staying in Golden State. Like, I, th- I don't think he doesn't want to do that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, he's built a culture there. He does mm-hmm. want to stay there. But you don't think that if something went sideways, sideways financially or, like, he didn't see eye to eye with an owner or something, like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't leave. Like, mm-hmm. anything can and does happen. MJ yep. was going to leave. Kobe, this is blasphemous coming from <laughs> me. He tried to leave. Multiple he times he was gonna leave, 
mm-hmm. but things worked out and he didn't yep. have to, but he was they going traded to traded Jack. <laughs> yeah. You don't think he was going to try like, they gave him like $30 million a year when he could barely play at the end of his mm-hmm. career. Like that is t- like so sad to say, but like, it's just true. Like that's loyalty on the uh, franchise's part, maybe, but like mm-hmm. what I'm saying about LeBron is like, I don't, him going back to Cleveland, I think is swept mm-hmm. under the rug. Like Pete, again, is. that's another like narrative that I've heard. That's like uh, selfish. Like LeBron just wanted that to be all about him. I'm like, he had, he left to go to that amazing situation in Miami. Mm-hmm. They easily could have won a couple more like Shaq and Kobe, like easily could have won one more. People would have come there. It's Miami to play with them. That would have been nuts. Like Pat, like top down. I don't, think a lot of the fans but like top down great organization like mm. with you know front office coach i think coach spolster's mm-hmm. a great coach all that stuff yep. he goes back to cleveland like that that organization's horrible like mm-hmm. dan gilbert like the owner mm-hmm. he like made i'm doing air quotes like peace with him for a little bit like he's like mm-hmm. i owe it to this city like i think he understood like i wronged them but also owe it to the city like i'm coming back Mm-hmm. let's just let's do it um mm-hmm. and he got him a championship essentially right away and then four finals in a row for them to enjoy <laughs> like that that organization's terrible like he put in some ways a lot of his career on the line by going back there like to like one of the i mean i'm sorry to offend you as an ohio person but like a horrible franchise like mm-hmm. at that point when he went there like mm-hmm. they're looking great now so, so to me i'm just like that that uh kind of his loyalty to me of like Mm. he felt so i mean loyal to Mm. literally his home in that area like i'm gonna go back there like man i don't i don't know like if Mm -hmm. yeah i want to leave all this but to me i'm just like that was it that redeemed it like Mm. we always we always want to talk about championships and rings like for like solve everything that should have solved that in my opinion like the decision is water under the bridge yeah Yep. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. That's where I stand with the loyalty thing. I'm like, all this loyalty no, I, chatter, I, like, it's just I think it's like, a great, I think it's a great thing to name because I actually, this conversation frustrates me about how people talk about loyalty in sports and not just at the professional level, but at the collegiate level. Like now, even at the college level, everyone's like up in arms about the transfer portal. Like kids shouldn't be allowed to leave, but a coach can yeah. get bought out of their $12 million contract yeah. to go coach another school and not be penalized. I think it, it makes sense. I think the NIL stuff has been done sloppily, but no, that's, that's for sure. That's a whole fault. like the players, whole another conversation for sure. But yeah. to the loyalty point, where you're like a kid is going to transfer, they're not loyal, but no one ever says it about the coach that le- that whose contract gets bought out and then they sign a twenty million dollar deal to coach a college team for six years. Yeah, the Same football thing coaches in the that NBA. leave before the championship yeah. game. Like, why is that even a Precisely. possibility? But, but so when people bring up the loyalty conversation, I'm like. In what regards are you talking about loyalty? That's what, how are you defining that? That's what I think we need to get at. We do this exercise with the work that I do called words and their meanings. I can't even believe I'm referencing this right now. My director would love this because we always (laughs) gave him a hard time. Every time we were doing, he's trying to get this in. But um, how do you define loyalty? Because Mm -hmm. people are defining it differently, right? Uh, And that's what comes out, I think, even in the conversation uh, at the pro level of, yeah, what to all the things that you listed, what makes someone loyal and what makes them what makes them not loyal? There are things that people don't factor in about how situations have worked out. Like 
yeah, Steph has stayed. It's worked out for him. And they built an incredible culture. Why would you leave? Right. Y'all are running the table. You're making right. crazy amount of money. You're doing incredible work in Oakland too. Like, why would you, why would you leave? Right. And then there's opportunities. And, and what, what kills me is we, we penalize humans. They're more than just this. We penalize them for making decisions that will benefit them and their families. LeBron moving to LA was not about, oh, I'm going to go win all these championships with the Lakers. That was a, I'm thinking about the longevity of my, yeah. my life and my family by moving to Los Angeles for all the things I'm going to do after I retire. He was and setting pe- himself up. And it and went on the lines. Right. It, he, and people it, just it look at it from a basketball standpoint. Like, oh, now you're not low because you left and blah, blah, blah. But again, you don't talk about the ownership of organizations and they're not loyal. If you can't win for them or if they just don't like you, they will ship you out. Mm-hmm. How many people... How many people get screwed over and get traded because an owner doesn't like them or doesn't like how things are, or how coaches are just getting shipped left and right because mm-hmm. they just didn't win when a coach has like put in their dues that all gets thrown out the water. When we talk about loyalty, it's only yeah. on the players. Again, you can have your own, your feelings about players bouncing from teams and super teams being created for players to win championships. And should people be in certain conversations because they've joined this team and they've won this rank? That's what, you can have your opinion and they, they can say, well, they didn't do it in the nineties. Jordan, them didn't do that. Blah, 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 blah. First of all, they didn't have to. This is mm-hmm. a different league we are talking about. And they couldn't. That, and they couldn't. <laughs> I mean, it could, it wasn't even allowed to happen when Chris Paul tried to come to LA. The, oh, the oh, commissioner shut oh. it down y'all. No, people don't talk about that. People don't talk about if that had gone through, that would have changed everything. And David Cern said, no. No. Okay, so there's all there's all these other nuances. One of the worst days play. of my life as a Lakers fan. <laughs> I'm I'm sure. I'm sure people are still grieving that. So, you know. Anyways, I just I I think the loyalty conversation is is so necessary to have because at the end of the day, people are defining that and the ways that they think someone makes someone loyal. And as fans, it's like you're biased too, and what you feel someone being loyal is because you've seen a player stick around and you don't even, they just have stayed, but you don't even understand all the whys behind it. But now they're loyal just because you've seen something and you've deemed them loyal. Okay. <laughs> I just got to give the a couple more shout outs, like the inconsistency. So like he's going to LA, there's already whispers about space jam too. And then the immediate narrative is like, Oh, he just, he just cares about Hollywood. He wants to do a movie. I'm like, yeah. Uh, but what about MJ who did space jam one? It, at his peak at, with the bulls like that mm-hmm. does he just want to do movies too you don't think mm-hmm. he also would have done stuff like that so like saying like his priority is not basketball because he did he did mm-hmm. a movie i'm like everyone yeah. all of the players players who don't mm-hmm. even deserve it have brands and they're doing all this stuff yep. like this is yep ludicrous that people think he's not dedicated to the game he's like but then there's the other narrative like but he spends millions of dollars on his body and like is yes. always working out but because he doesn't again i'm a kobe guy but, like, but because he doesn't have that mentality, mm. you know, that, that few mentality to everybody's like, oh, mm-hmm. he's not as great. And I'm like, y'all, that's not that, that, that's not it. Like, mm-hmm. that's not it. Um, and then him, him going to uh, LA, you know, he's everyone before that's like, he's just a ring chaser. It's like, when he went to LA, we were garbage. Yeah. Like, where's that narrative of like, exactly. Hey, like he's taking on a, like a new challenge, but no, it's like, this is, 
LeBron's an idiot. He just cares about mm-hmm. movies and he made a terrible basketball decision. Right? Yeah. <laughs> is what it is. I'm not going to say It's a lose-lose. Yeah. I'm not going to say he proved everything wrong because I'm not going to pretend like we didn't make trades and get AD. But I'm just saying, like, all these just these inconsistencies, even from basketball standpoint, inconsistencies of, like, two narratives about LeBron specifically being like, okay, one, he's too soft. He couldn't, he couldn't mm-hmm. play back in the day um, with, you know, hard fouling. Or, or then, um, but then the opposite narrative is, oh, he's not skilled. All he does is bowl through people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, which one is it? <laughs> which is which, it? Exactly. Which one is it? Because he's too strong. Exactly. He's too weak. Yep. Yep. And so, it's, obviously, both of those is It's like, just because people no. don't like him. That's yeah. what it is. At the end of the day, you have those conflicting narratives because people just don't like him. So they're going to find anything. We, this week, mm-hmm. LeBron saw. This week, LeBron just bullies people's over. This week, LeBron yeah. did something in the locker room after the game that I didn't like. And then this week, he did like that. That's all it is. Is yeah, people just don't like him. So and LeBron doing what he's doing, breaking scoring mm-hmm. records, doing stuff off the court. You know, got his team in a position. You know, doing what he needs to do to get back for the playoffs. So I just wish people could not get caught up in all of that and just be like, let's just look at like how freaking skilled this man is mm-hmm. and, and what he's done that just gets lost in all the bias and opinions and narratives and all the things. And, and so that's fine, you know, and LeBron's gonna keep doing mm-hmm. what LeBron's gonna do. So, you know, couldn't agree more. <laughs> I, I got a priest myself. I, I, you know, people, myself included need to not be so, invested in this but like I, man i i need to do some 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 work or something on myself because i can't i can't unsee these things can't yep. want, i can't just enjoy the game i got <laughs> shout out to my my guy trav who i one of the students i mentor he is lakers fan um on the same level yeah i say, say same level as me but he's who i wish i was because he is an eternal optimist and i'm an eternal pessimist like he's just like we got it like we're going all the way like we'll have a good stretch and i'm like trav just wait man like that it'll end like we're yeah this is why we're not gonna that's not gonna like i can't i can't enjoy it like i can't enjoy watching them because they just play they play too much like <laughs> no lead it's it's a cliche yep. but with the yep. lakers no lead is safe that game no. one of memphis i couldn't believe what i was seeing i was like I was like, oh my, we're blowing them out in the last two minutes. What? Mm-hmm. Steals and dunks? Yeah. Like, when did we, I haven't seen Because the game the before, year. the game before, you know, Schroeder, Schroeder hits his three and then AD fouls with what, point three on the clock? I was watching the game with the, Trav, the guy I just said. <laughs> and I just, I was like, see, see? That's why I tell you, man. Like, <laughs> You're trying to dab me up like we got yeah. it, and it never <laughs> happens. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh. I'm like, this, I told oh, you, man, man, that's why, that's why. And he's just like, yeah. And I mean, obviously, we pulled it out and we won, but I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. All right. We got to go. We're losing people because yeah. we could keep going. But, um, Leith, thank you for joining me, West Coast. Yeah. We have to play around with some time changes, it looks like, from here on out, but. I appreciate you always making time to come on here. Shout out John Mark. We got to get, get him back for the next one. Um, look, take, oh yeah. Um, the roll down. Yeah. Everyone, I always, <laughs> I always talk about it, but like, y'all listen to the roll down. Y'all in the middle of season mm. two. 
it's as good as I said on the last time you were on here, but loving that. That's where y'all, this is where you come from. I'm going to say like a little bit of nonsense, but go to the roll down for some, like, I mean, some, some free therapy, like that stuff. Y'all, y'all, y'all killing it. You, what you and Matthew are doing and that your guests um, has been great. So I appreciate what you guys are doing out there um, on the roll down. So Thanks, yeah, the roll down podcast, check out Leith and Matthew Melendrez. That's, how you, that, that's, that's his last yep. name, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthew Melendrez. I feel like I know him a little bit, at least because I listen. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, love what you guys are doing out there. Thank you, as always, for making space to come on here, especially in the midst of just moving. Um, yeah, always. listeners, thank you. Thank you for checking out this uh, NBA basketball podcast. Um, yeah, appreciative of you guys. The music you're listening to is done by our friend Dylan Dent. Our artwork was done by Ashley Bush. And we'll see you guys next time. The nightmare might scare you the worst than reality. They hunt you by day, y'all rob me Everybody got a time, but that's less than comforting. I hope I'm alive by the time they choose to come for me. Mosquitoes in the vein, or leeches on my soul. This money on my mind is a fracture of my bones. You get crippled by continuing existence like a ghost. And they wonder why we drink, and they wonder why we smoke, and they wonder why we think that everything's a joke. I'm shocked that we can sleep, must be the thought of letting go. 